Well, hello there, my beautiful family, beautiful people. Thanks for joining me today in this our third session of this journey called The Journey. And today we continue through the first book of, you know, the first of the series, the first book of Ellen White titled Patriarchs and Prophets. And the third chapter is based on Genesis 3 and it's called The Temptation and Fall. Once again, super quick as a reminder, like I always do, the study of this book should not replace Bible study. They're, they're complementary to the, to the Bible, but not, you know, they don't go up over the Bible. The Bible is the Word of God. That being said, the temptation and fall, chapter 3, it of course talks about and it expands on temptation and fall of man. So after creation was made, after everything was created, man was placed, God put one single test in the Garden of Eden. He put the tree of knowledge right there for them to stare at, but not eat from. So God said, you can eat from everything in the garden, everything at all. Everything is available for you as food, every tree, but from the tree of knowledge. So that was God's requirement. That was God's holy law for them. Don't eat from that tree. And of course, after Satan, uh, you know, was expelled from heaven, he wanted to continue spreading his misery. So he decided to come to planet Earth and tempt man. And it's important to read the first few sentences of the second chapter of the second uh, paragraph. Sorry. And it says, our first parents were not left without a warning of the danger that threatened them. Heavenly messengers opened to them this history of Satan's fall and his plot for their destruction, unfolding more fully the nature of the divine government, which the prince of evil was trying to overthrow. So there's a, a few topics here. Obedience and protection. So it also says here, while they were obedient to God, the evil one could not harm them for if need be, every angel in heaven will be sent for their help. So God did not left them without a warning. God told them about not eating from the tree and also gave them the warning of what could have happened, um, you know, of what was going on with Satan so that if Satan comes to them, they will be prepared. So they were not left to, you know, roam on their own and figure it out on their own. That speaks a lot about the character of God. My friend, <clears throat> and I love how this sentence puts it here. The law of God is as sacred as God himself. And when you doubt that the requirements of God's law are sacred, look at Jesus and the price that Jesus himself, the creator, according to John chapter 1, had to pay. Jesus had to come and die because the requirements of the law are so high and so sacred that not even God himself can violate them. That's how serious this is. And this is how serious it was back then. So God gave them the warning. And of course, Satan disguised himself. He didn't show up as an angel. He didn't show because they were prepared. They were told that an angel that fell called Satan was, you know, trying to tempt them. Satan shows something that called for, you know, for amazement. 
he chose a serpent, and the serpent back then is not the serpent that we have today. And it is on the Bible, and it is on these books. It talks that the serpent was a beautiful, majestic animal with wings that could fly, filled with colors. How exactly it looked, I can tell you, but we know that it was a very beautiful animal, one animal that would cause people to stop and stare at. So he chose the serpent because he knew that would be eye-catching. And this talks a lot about how Satan approaches temptation. He won't come to you with stuff you don't like. If you if you really hate meat, he's not going to put a chunk of bacon in front of you for you to eat it because that's not going to tempt you at all. No, 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 no. He will appeal to our senses. He will appeal to the things that we like that he can use against us. So be very careful. The Bible says flee from temptation. Just just flee from it. Don't 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 let temptation sink in because Satan is pretty smart and he can certainly catch us. I I admit he has caught myself in temptation and I think every one of us have yielded to it. But pray and and flee from temptation. So he he appears as a serpent. And, you know, it sucks talking to Eve and the fact that it was a talking serpent, Eve stopped and like stare at it. And, and you know, it says here, instead of fleeing from the spot, as we just talked, she lingered wonderingly to hear a serpent speak. And of course, once Satan had her attention, it just all went downhill from there. Uh, Satan then proceeds to his second method of deceivement, and that is to mix lie with truth. Um, and he says here, Satan tempts men to disobedience by leading them to believe they are entering into a wonderful field of knowledge. And I just can't think when I read this sentence, science comes to mind and how uh, in the name of science, we have rejected the creator and where that has gotten us. But again, another topic in this particular case, he promised Eve, you know what? Did God say you cannot eat from every tree? By the way, God had not said that. So you see how he makes a bit of truth and a mix of lie. And then he continues saying, no, 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 no. Go is, go, God just doesn't want you to eat because he knows that if you eat from it, you will be like him. You will be like God's. And notice again that this is the same deceit method that he used when he was in heaven. And, you know, of course... Eve ate, and the whole story is here. It says that the food was pleasant to the eyes. Once again, the concept of pleasantness, he comes to you to tempt you through things that you like. He won't tempt you with things you don't like, otherwise it's not really temptation. But whatever contradicts God's word, we may be sure that proceeds from Satan. And it says here an important sentence about, about sinning. In the judgment, men will not be condemned because they conscientiously believe a lie, but because they did not believe the truth, because they neglected the opportunity of learning what was true. So Satan sinned. He was misery. He wanted to spread his misery. He wanted to spread his lies. God had told them the truth. Now God was telling them a lie. And it was really up to Eve, or it was up to Adam to recognize the lie and the deceit but unfortunately they didn't love and gratitude and loyalty to the creator were all overborne by love to Eve. and then 
it, it takes a, a, a quick transition when everything was absolutely perfect, everything was amazing, all of a sudden sin entered, Eve ate from the fruit because she found it pleasant to the eyes, gave it to the husband, the husband couldn't, Adam couldn't just imagine living a life without Eve, so he ate from it. And for a second, for a quick split second, Adam imagined himself entering into a higher state of existence, but soon the thought of his sin filled him with terror. Isn't this what sin does to us? We, we like, like it and it feels exciting, and then after we do it, we're like, oh no, what have I done? And then you feel terrible. And then look at the consequence of sin. He who from love to Eve had deliberately chosen to forfeit the approval of God, his home in paradise, and an eternal life of joy, could now, after his fall, endeavor to make his companion and even the Creator himself responsible for the transgression. So terrible is the power of sin. So after sin entered, uh, selfishness entered. And now Satan was, th uh, not Satan, Adam was thinking for himself. He realized what he had done, and now he had to cast blame on someone other than him. And he said, no, 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 the wife that you gave me, she made me sin. And then it was, no, 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 the serpent, basically, that you created, made me sin. And everything pointed back to God when he was man who sinned. And this is the horribleness of sin, the selfishness that sin causes in us. So the spirit of self-justification was born in Satan and it was spread into Adam and Eve immediately after the fall. And so horrible is sin. And of course, after man sinned, uh, God pronounces this beautiful prophecy in Genesis 3.15 that it says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. And this is the first prophecy that we find in the Bible. And uh, there's a lot to say about this one, but not in this chapter. Um, so God had a plan to redeem man that he loved so much, even when we certainly didn't deserve it. And of course, the sinless pair was cast out of Eden, and then they realized the consequence of what they did when they left that perfect little garden that God had created for them, and they saw the horribleness um, that sin would start originating uh, afterwards. Um, <clears throat> I love how Ellen White continues here. She says, Let none deceive themselves. The wages of sin is death. The law of God can no more be transgressed with impunity now than when sentence was pronounced upon the father of mankind. Sin is a horrible thing. Sin is the transgression of the law. And again, God's law is sacred. His, the standards are sacred. And he will by no means clear the guilty. That was the case back then, and that is the case now. So um, I've seen a lot of confusion within the Christian community of people saying, no, God is so good, like the law doesn't apply anymore. It was, it was uh, you know, nailed to the cross. God fulfilled the law. No, 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 the law of God still stands, my friend. And the requirements of the law still apply. And, and in the judgment day, we will be measured against the requirement of the law and for us who believe in Jesus, through the sacrifice of Jesus, which is why his unblemished character will be attributed to us, thanks to his amazing love. But let none deceive themselves, the law of God is still uh, standing. And of course, it says here, as they witnessed, this is Adam and Eve, in drooping 
flower and falling leaf the first signs of decay, Adam and his companion mourn more deeply than men now mourn over their dead. They realize the world will never be the same because of what they did. They mourned their sin, and of course, Satan was quite happy, and the rest is history. And of course, we'll continue next time. The point here to be made is God's law still stands. God's requirements still stands. And as it was back then, God said that the day you shall eat of that tree, you shall truly die. And so it happened. On the day that they ate decay entering to the planet, their bodies will no longer live eternally, but will start decaying, aging. And we see how humanity since back then until now, the years of life have been diminishing, the health have been diminishing, our overall health. Uh, we are on decay, my friend, thanks to selfishness, thanks to sin. But God has a plan, and we'll talk about it in the next chapter. Until next one.